The Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers, bringing you the voices that make you think right now on Talk 94.5. That's right. Want to get right to it. Dr. Pierre Corey is back. He's joining us. He's the author of War on Ivermectin. And uh, good morning, Dr. Corey. Hi, Liz. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Great to have you. Okay, so tell us, um, before we get into talking about the recent findings with Dr. Fauci's um, conversation that he had with Congress uh, last week, uh, tell us what's new with the FLCCC. Uh, I know that, um, you know, there you guys were working on something, like a new program or something. Has that Yeah. Been? Tell us yeah, about that. So we're having our third um, medical conference. It's in Phoenix in February, February 2nd through 4th. Um, and, you know, the other two conferences we've done, they've been largely focused on the treatment of uh, spike protein-induced disease, as we call it, which is long COVID or long backs. Um, but, you know, and, and that's still going to be a large part of it, but we kind of have two tracks. We have uh, a track for physicians or professionals as well as, uh, you know, one more for lay people or health enthusiasts. And one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to create a space for uh, patients and providers to connect, network, you know, a lot of, you know, like-minded individuals, those who are awake, uh, who understand what happened in COVID and uh, really understand that the system, you know, our public health agencies have failed. They have been captured. They're under regulatory capture. We see that with all of the damage that the policies caused over COVID. Mm -hmm. And people are really tired. Many are estranged. They don't want to go to hospitals. Many are abandoning their, their physicians. And um, we're trying to create a place where they can get honest medicine, really just honest, unconflicted advice uh, from experts who are, are deeply researched and knowledgeable on a number of topics. All right. So I saw this article, uh, and you being the chief medical officer, uh, probably just were, you were like, probably cringing when you heard about the, the lies that Fauci admitted to. And yep. and what I've read about in your article is that, is that there was a 14-hour testimony behind closed doors with a, a congressional subcommittee. And, I mean, the full transcript has not been released yet, but um, there was reports about what Dr. Fauci talked about, and you wrote an article about that. Yes. You know, and the article not only counters some of, you know, you know, Fauci's have, have had to walk back a number of things a number of times. And he either walked back or forgot uh, most of the answers to the questions uh, that he's been asked. And, you know, it was really, you know, that article, I kind of just summarized all of the damage and all of the failed policies, right, from, from lockdowns. I mean, Fauci literally denied the, the fact that we have data reports showing that um, reading scores have dropped to a 30-year low in children after the lockdowns. Math scores dropped for the first time ever. Um, and that's only one of the policies that, that, that uh, you know, was ill-conceived. The masks, the social distancing was ridiculous from the beginning. We knew that. We knew the science of aerosol transmission. This COVID is transmitted by aerosols. Masks are going to do very little uh, to, to, to impede that. And... Um, the other thing is, obviously, my topic, what I'm most expert in, is the suppression of early treatment. That that literally cost hundreds of thousands of, of lives, wow. if not millions across the world, was the suppression of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, uh, you know, for things like remdesivir, which we know doesn't work. Um, and so, and then the denial of natural immunity, the mandating of vaccines. I mean, it, it, if anyone's paying careful attention to what's happened in COVID, I, I mean, it's been completely divorced from science, and it's been very damaging. And uh, I wanted to call him out and, 
you know, I, I got that published in The Federalist, and I'm, I'm pretty proud. I think people really need to consider what's going on uh, in this country. So what were the th- three things that you pointed out um, that Fauci lied about? Oh, so he's trying to deny um, the fact that the reading scores went down, okay. uh, that, that affected children's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, denied, uh, the, uh, so that, yeah, denied the harms of lockdown, right. denied uh, the suppression of early treatment. You know, then he, he also walks back uh, the mandates. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he basically said, now he agrees that they were ill-conceived and that they're going to fuel vaccine hesitancy. And that's why he thinks that's wrong. And that's a lie. We, we know the mandates were completely unethical. They violated every precept of medical ethics. And, and coercing people, people have lost their livelihoods all over the country. The, the amount of, of poverty that, that, that was caused by people <clears throat> in order to protect their health, they had to leave their jobs and become unemployed. And quite a few of those people are not back at work. Right. You know, we, like, if you look at New York City, there's, they are fighting the reinstitution of all the, you know, a judge ruled that they needed back pay and need, they need to be reinstated. And what is New York State doing? They're appealing. Hmm. And so they're still not reinstated. And yeah. so, you know, and, and Fauci just denies all of the harms that he's caused. Now, and I think the other one was the masks. Yeah, the masks and, and also the social distancing. Mm-hmm. And there was so much money spent See, if if I were a business owner during social distancing, I would be suing them if I could, because all the money that was spent from all businesses, especially restaurants with with circles on the floor and uh, hand sanitizers everywhere and, you know, all this other stuff that you had to do in order to stay open, um, all based on the six feet of social distancing. He just said, yep. you know, this was an arbitrary thing. It, it, yeah, not only was it arbitrary, but it also denied the fact that this virus transmit, print, print, transmits principally through tiny aerosols that float in the air. Right. It's not large droplets, you know, that are going to land on your face or your hands. Um, uh, it, it's aerosols. And masks would do very, social distancing would do nothing for that. Those things are suspended in the air, they can travel very long distances. And not to toot my own horn, but my first thing I ever wrote in COVID, I wrote it in April 2020, and it was a call out that this was an aerosol transmitted disease. Mm-hmm. And I actually got it accepted by the New York Times. They then dropped it because the op-ed board got fired over that Senator Tom Cotton editorial. Remember that one? He called for the military to come in the streets to put down the, the George Floyd. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Right. But I ended up publishing in USA Today, um, and it called out aerosol transmission. Guess what? The CDC did not recognize aerosol transmission for another year. The WHO took 18 months before they wow. fully recognized it. Even then, they just say it's possible. It's, it's, it's not possible. It's, it's essentially how this thing transmits. So the rest of us that were, you know, listening to doctors like you, experts, um, our own common sense. Yeah, thinking for ourselves. Yeah, we kind of yep. put all these things together early. I would say by May, I, I was pretty much yep. like, you know, hold on a second. Um, why, why, what, what do you think is going to happen now? Because I literally was speaking to my aunt. Now she was, uh, in, in her, she's in her seventies and she lives in Staten Island. All right. That's, Mm. we're all from New York. I could not believe she said, did you know that masks don't work? Like literally (laughs) two days ago. And I said, what? (laughs) 
It's like, wow. I, we, we've talked about this. She goes, I know, but I saw it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, but I told you this like two years ago. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, well, believe the conversation I was having. My God. Yeah, that, that is shocking. But I got to tell you, I hear that in a very positive light, meaning finally, yes. some true and accurate information is coming across and getting to people in a compelling way if she's willing to change her stance on that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the other major thing that's happened in our COVID is the censoring, the censoring of our viewpoints, the censoring of our voices. Um, and, and, they, and it's not only that we've been censored, taken down off of YouTube, blocked. The media doesn't cover uh, any alternate uh, viewpoints or any other experts who don't, you know, just, uh, you know, parrot the narrative. Um, and, and that censorship has been so harmful. So I, I'm encouraged that uh, that she's okay. just discovering this now. That somehow some information is getting out. That's I bet she, then she told me that this is this was the kicker. She said, "And you know, they think they actually made this in a lab." Oh my god! <laughs> and I said, "What?" I said, "Of course it was made in the lab." And and you know that's something else that's I'm wondering if that's going to be in this 14 page document is this whole concept of. Well, it was gain of function, but I have a different definition of gain of function. Like, what is Dr. Fauci's? Now they're now they're they're arguing over the definition of gain of function. Like, they want to argue about what does that actually mean? You know? Yeah, and I have to tell you, that's where he's caught. You know, metaphorically with his pants, Doctor. It it is it is so demonstrably lame. His attempts at trying to walk away from the fact. That gain of function, however he defines it, is bioweapons research, period, end of story. That is the only reason why you would do gain of function experiments. And how he's changing that definition is ludicrous. And I think the average citizen can see that. They can yeah. see that he's effectively lying. And we know he lies with impunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that a lot of us have been calling that out. I mean, he can literally show up on national television and say just the most brazen lies. And for me personally, the most brazen was at the beginning of the horse dewormer PR campaign. Because uh-huh. I hope you and your listeners understand that was oh, a yeah. full-on, highly coordinated, highly sophisticated PR campaign mm-hmm. echoing through all of the airwaves, uh, over television, the internet. And, you know, in the middle of that, on August 29, 2021, he went on CNN with Jake Tapper and said the following. He said, there is no evidence at all that ivermectin is infective. At that time, there was 36 trials. I think wow. 20, 20 of them were randomized controlled trials, all showing immense benefits. So he, he can go on national TV and lie. And by the way, that audience doesn't just go to the U.S. That has a global impact when he speaks. And so you, I cannot calculate the amount of damage and really the amount of death uh, that has resulted from his public speaking and his denial and the, of religion. And the question and is, why? Things. Why would you want to kill all these people? Why would you want to shake the entire societal global community questioning now everything their doctors and hospitals and drug companies are telling them? Like, why would you want to shake that trust? I mean, I what it, is the win here? It, it does seem ill-conceived, but I mean, I think the one objective that you can you can argue with is that he's been working in the service of the pharmaceutical industry his entire career. You mm-hmm. don't sit atop the biomedical industrial complex unless you literally work for pharma. And by by doing those things, he he was able, he was trying to prop up the vaccine campaign, the immensely profitable vaccine campaign. And one way that was required is you had to suppress effective 
repurposed off-patent drugs. Yeah. Because if they were known to be effective, the EUA stops, the vaccine campaign stops, there's many tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars at stake. And so it, it, they have every incentive to tell lies in order to protect profit. Yeah, and, and they but, don't care. But, they don't care about death. It's unbelievable because it would be one thing if their thing was saving people too, but it was literally killing people. Like it wasn't even not working. It was like killing people. So that's the and part that I don't get. That up. And they've covered that up. And, and that's where you get into little darker discussions, right? Yeah. Is how much do they know? Was that willful? Mm-hmm. Or was that an accident yeah. or was that planned? And that well, gets still really, going on. really they're, they're still yeah. telling you to get the shot. You know, we were just yep. talking, um, you know, uh, this again with my aunt. She has a, 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 a brother-in-law that died from kidney cancer, got it real quick. Had the surgery right after surgery, died of a stroke, 61 years old. Like it was fast. And I asked, did he get the vaccine? She said, I don't know. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. Did anybody tell you to, you know, like, because his daughter is a pediatrician and she was telling everybody in the family to get a vaccine. And because she told me, she says, well, she keeps telling us we should get the vaccine. And I said, well, I really highly suggest you do not. And meanwhile, they all Correct. they all got the first double dose, you know, and Correct. they all have had COVID three times since. I mean, any like you said, some of this stuff is plain common sense, right? Yeah. It's just logical. Why would you keep getting boosters exactly. that don't and yeah. then you have more robust natural immunity? Anyway. What, so what about... I, I have to ask you, Dr. Corey, and we're speaking with Dr. Pierre Corey, the chief medical officer of the FLCCC Alliance. And the book War on Ivermectin. Someone texted in on our uh, Showtime Autoglass text line if they're wondering if Ivermectin works on other things like uh, the flu. Yes, we do believe. We don't have great data on that because it hasn't been well studied. But the mechanism suggests that it should be effective. Mm-hmm. I have a colleague who has treated a few defined flu cases and found it to be effective. Um, but it, it should be. We just don't have good clinical data for it. But okay. um we, we have other repurposed medicines that work well for flu. One one simple one is elderberry. Um, that works for mm, flu and RSV. That's an over-the-counter supplement. Good broad antiviral. And we there, we have that's the other beauty of uh, the, one of the pauses that's come out of COVID is we now have thirty nine effective um, antivirals. I, I would say thirty two of them are repurposed drugs. Mm. You know, off patent older older drugs or interventions. So I think we're well equipped for viruses. I mean, if they if one gets unleashed, some some new uh, pandemic gets manufactured or declared, I think we're in, in a good position. Well, I would t- tell people go to flccc.net and we're, we're going to come over the protocol. Well, that's interesting that you should say that because they're already threatening that. I mean, yeah. have you seen the videos about the the next thing that's coming out? Yeah, and. and you know, I have to say that they've done this, you know, it, this this model, if you want to look at it as a business model of manufacturing a virus, releasing it, and what happened afterwards. I mean, the transfer mm-hmm. of wealth that occurred globally, the amount of profits the pharmaceutical industry made um, is immense. And so you, it, it seems to me like a very successful business model to do this yeah. kind of stuff. And well, so I don't, I can't. Can't put it past them doing it again. Well, they're talking about it at the WEF, the World Economic Forum in Davos, about this disease X. And they're referring to, like, this is going to be the next international epidemic caused by a pathogen as yet unknown to cause human disease. And they have a whole a seminar on preparing for disease X. That's, ha- that's coming I mean, this week. 
that this is what they did before COVID. Yes, I mean, you're right. In 2018, the, the, they did it. Yeah, and Event 201, which was that you know international assembly at at, at uh, Hopkins, where they went through a pandemic um, response strategy. Um, I mean, that was months before COVID. That was in 2019. Mm-hmm. And so, if if this is, you know, we've seen this movie before, and so maybe they're starting again. I don't know. You know, speaking of movies, I saw something yesterday, um, a, a clip, I'll, I have to find it, um, that I started to watch, and it was showing all the news clips coming out of China, like in early uh, 2020, late 2020, early 2020, and then what was going on in Italy, and I started to get all that feeling of anxiety again. Like, I was watching all these clips about what was happening in Italy, and I just... I just remembered how scared we all were because it is the scariest movie you could go and watch is like this invisible. And they kept talking about this invisible killer and then the bodies. And then, you know, I I mean, it was a scary time in early March, man. I mean, that was a lot. It was terrifying. I I mean, I remember how we, and it shows you how impactful you know, what comes comes at us yeah. uh, through the media is and how it manipulates us, gets us scared. And, and once you're scared, you're much more compliant yes. and trusting of experts because you don't know enough. You have you have fear and ignorance and you're looking for guidance. And mm-hmm. so it puts them in a unique and very powerful position to get people to do really strange things like we've just talked about, right? <laughs> Ignoring that on toilet wearing, paper. <laughs> wearing that, yeah, lockdown, social distancing. You know, you're on a jet bridge going onto a plane, you're socially distancing, and then you get on the plane and you're sitting, you know, uh, cheek to jowl throughout. I mean, (laughs) just doing really strange. You've seen all the pictures, right? (laughs) We had an arrest. We had some poor guy arrested here because he was at the host, uh, you know, stand with his family at a restaurant. And they said, we can't let you in because you're wearing a mask. And then he was going to sit like two feet away at the booth. And they sat anyway. And they had them arrested. For not wearing a mask when they walked in. And then it was okay to take it off when you sat at the booth. It's like, what? That's something that we have to remember. Because those mandates or those mask guidance, those are not laws. You are not breaking the law by not wearing a mask. Where is there a law saying that you have to wear a mask? No, this is guidance from health agencies. They're not binding as laws. And so for him to get arrested, I mean, we saw a lot of that, right? Doctors who are using, legally using repurposed drugs, lost their licenses. Yeah. I've, I've been attacked. I have 12 complaints against me from pharmacists and physicians, you know, because I use repurposed drugs. And that's legal. The FDA champions that use when you have a novel disease or even in any other disease. And suddenly we were like legally being punished. Yeah. I had no doctors who now lost their livelihoods for that. So wow. the things that they, they got the, the country to do um, was insane. Yeah. And like you said, it was the manipulation of the media. It was fear, all sorts of, and, and then deception, lies. And, yeah. and the last thing was, is if you saw in my, in my op-ed, I mean, I talk about the results of his 40-year reign, right, which is that we have, mm. you know, the, the worst chronic illness, the worst outcomes, mm-hmm. our life expectancy dropped from 79 to 76. Right. Three years of life expectancy in since COVID, and then the excess mortality, which to me is the single greatest public health mm-hmm. threat right now that's not being talked about. In nine months of 2023, in the first nine months, we have 158,000 Americans die over what's predicted. Wow. 158,000. That's more than every soldier death since uh, from Vietnam and beyond. 
So, wow. and we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have to uh, delve into those numbers and, I'm afraid, you know, we, we have an increase in diabetes is through the charts. All these chronic diseases are through Cancer. the It's crazy. Sudden death. Yeah, a lot of sudden, sudden death. death. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Doctor, you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Pierre Corey, what is the best way for people to uh, keep on, keep with you and, you know, on everything yeah. that you're doing? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, the best would be uh, my nonprofit website, which is flccc.net. I also write on a Substack. I put out lots of pretty impactful uh, data and analyses on there, and that's um, Medical Musings or Dr. Pierre Corey, uh, medicalmusings.com. Yeah, um, I subscribe to that, so that comes right to my uh, mailbox. Ah, good, good. Yeah. And then my private practice is drpierrecorey.com, um, where we specialize in vaccine injury and long COVID, as well as general medicine. All right. Thank you so much, and uh, we always appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure.